What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Swanson, and you are listening to LSM Secrets. And today, I want to share something that a lot of people don't know, and it will change the way you collect your customer data at your retail business because of how you can use it to retarget people on social media. So, the big question is this. How are franchisees and multi-unit operators like us able to dominate the local service area around each of our retail locations while not relying on the national brand's marketing? How do we market in a way that lets everyone know we exist and more importantly gets them to buy and keep buying? Those are the questions and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ryan Swanson and welcome to LSM Secrets. All right, so I wanted to share something that I've just been doing a lot of, and I think I was kind of taking it for granted because I don't think a lot of people know that you can do this. And this has to do with Facebook and Instagram. As you know, Instagram is owned by Facebook, so um, they're all kind of related. And so when you run ads with Facebook, you have the option of also running those ads on Instagram. Now, there's a couple different ways to collect customer data. If you're running a Facebook, Instagram, when I say Facebook, I'm pretty much meaning you know Facebook and Instagram. So when you're running a Facebook campaign, an ad campaign, you can go back and track the number of people that have either watched, if it was hopefully it was a video, because video is a lot more engaging than just a picture. So if you ran a uh, a video, then uh, you can say, okay, well, I want to send a different video, or I want to send that video back to this, back to people that maybe watched a certain number of seconds, or a percentage of the total length of time of that particular video, because more likely they were interested if they watched, you know, a certain certain amount of it. Uh, especially if people don't click the video to view at all, and it's just sort of an impression, and they haven't clicked to actually watch it. You might not want to waste your time retargeting those people that just kind of scroll past it. And so retargeting is really important. But uh, what you might want to do, and there's other things, there's so many other different things you can do that. But what you can also do is, let's say somebody comes into your brick and mortar business and you collect their phone number. Let's just say, you know, every business is a little bit different, but a lot of businesses will collect a phone number and that's how they track. Um, some sort of information from the customer. It might be an email address. I was at a, uh, a clothing store months ago just getting some clothes and they were like, hey, you know, if, well, if you give us your email account, we'll give you 20% off this, uh, whatever it was I was buying. And I was like, well, okay. And I have a couple different email addresses, so I make sure just in case they were going to spam me a lot, <laughs> I gave them the one that I wasn't going to be worried about. But then I was thinking after the fact, I was like, oh, they're going to take that information and if they're smart, they're going to load that into Facebook as a custom audience and they're going to, and Facebook's going to say, okay, let's search this email and see if there is a you know, Facebook user with that email address and if so, it's going to, uh, it's going to link that business to me and then when that, that business goes to run ads... I'm going to see those ads. Now, the business is not going to know which of the customers you uploaded. So let's just say you upload a list of 1,000 of your customers. Facebook might come back and say, okay, 721 of these match, and now you have a custom audience of 721 of your customers. And all the rest is more likely either the information you uploaded, they don't 
use a Facebook account uh, with that information or they actually don't have a Facebook or Instagram account. So this is really important to know. Um, one, you should be collecting some sort of customer information as much as possible when you're interacting with your customers at your retail business. Um, e- even if it's not normal um, for or it's not convenient, you got to figure out a way around it. It could be under a phone number. A lot of businesses, you know, and then you just tell customers, say, hey, your information is, um, we don't sell your information, which you're not. Um, you're not going to mail them anything, and you know, no print. You're not just asking for their address. If you get their address, it helps. It helps Facebook match up who you know you're trying to contact. But you really just need um, either a phone number or an email address because when people set up their Facebook account, they're going to have to provide a phone number and they're def- they're going to have to provide an email address. If you get one of those two things, you got you're, you're going to have some pretty good luck. Um, so that's just something really important to think about. Now, a lot of businesses are pushing people to order online and offering incentives. Well, guess what? When you order online, what's got to happen? Well, you have to, if it's being delivered, you're going to collect their their uh, their delivery address, their street address. And they more than likely are going to ask for the phone number. Let's say they don't ask for the phone number and somebody's like, I'm not getting my phone number. All you need to give me is uh, all they all they really need to provide if it's not a phone number is their email address. Why? Because they need to get emailed a confirmation of their order. So um, if you're collecting email information that way, you can also uh, export that data, load it into Facebook, and Facebook will say, okay, whatever you know, however many thousands that you uploaded, these are all your um, you know your your these people. This this is the number of people you can retarget to. And that's just really, really, really important. So here's a great example of um, how you can do that. So if, depending on how much you track your customer's information and what you're doing with it, if you, um, for example, are, are um, let's, say, let's say you are, I don't know, an apparel company and somebody orders online. Or somehow you have their information, and you can match it up with their order history, meaning you know the last day they ordered, the day of the week, the time of day. Um, you're going to be able to know some specific information depending on how how you're keeping that data uh, in house. And so, if you're not doing that, hopefully this this information will will make a lot of sense, and then you'll figure out a way to start doing that. So, let's give an example. Let's say uh, you have a clothing company and it's women's clothing and it's fitness apparel. Uh, And this particular group of customers all purchased on a Saturday during, you know, lunchtime. So let's just say like 10 a.m. to 2 so what you could do is is if you have that type of information, um, and let's just say they spent twenty five bucks. So then what you can do is you know you have all these different types of customers. Let's say you have like five core or core customers, and they uh, and they're all let's just say it's all women's apparel, it's all gym apparel, and you're like, all right, well this group of customers never spends more than twenty five. This group of customers only comes in and let's say you sell supplements in your lobby or whatever and they only get you know they only spend five bucks um but then you have all these different different um groups of customers and and they can overlap um but so then you can kind of take that information internally and separate it out i mean this is getting really 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 specific 
And then you can say, okay, well, here's this customer. They only they only come in on Saturdays. They only come in during lunch. They only spend about twenty five bucks, and, and obviously they're buying a women's um, athletic apparel. So then you create this this uh, uh, CVS or comma deleted file in Excel, and, and I'm not going to go into the how tos of doing this, but because you can look up YouTube videos. Uh, but basically, you're going to go into your Google, I mean, your Facebook um, ad manager, create a custom audience, and then name it that group. So let's just say this is group one, and you 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 have sort of an internal log what what group uh, uh, one means. Load it to Facebook. Facebook comes back and they say, okay, great. Here's this group. Well, then you just create ads specific to that client. Basically, you know, if you're you're going to be offering something that's probably in the $25 range, um, you might even reference, hey, you know, come in this Saturday during lunch uh, and actually be very specific in your targeting uh, and your, I'm sorry, your creative. So then when that ad runs and that person sees it, it's almost like you're talking directly to them. Totally different than what TV is. TV is just kind of like, you know, TV changes based on channel um, and, and maybe the show you're watching. So it's kind of like going to a movie theater and you're going to watch a scary movie while well, the trailers are all scary movies. Um, you know, you're not going to take your kids to go see a, a cartoon movie like Toy Story and then you're going to see <laughs> a commercial for uh, the next terminator installment is they're not gonna do that so that's that's an example of kind of keeping the the creative or the media relevant to your audience same thing with social media except you can get much 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 more specific and there's a good chance that if you're running let's say a promotion uh and you're trying to sweeten the deal and get that person to come in they're gonna see the ad they're gonna see it comes from your business they've been to your business before because they've already spent money there so it's something that they're familiar with and you're not wasting ad dollars on somebody that's not a customer. Um, you know, now there are times when you want to do sort of a saturation type blanket to kind of bring some awareness, but you can still target, uh, you know, certain types of customers based on your interest. And so then when you go into Facebook, you're going to say, okay, well, I'm going to target uh, women in this age group, depending on you know maybe that's part of your one of your things that live in this because you're talking about a brick and mortar type physical retail business you're not trying to push them to go online especially if you're a franchise you're trying to make sure they spend money with your franchise and not one of your um, um, you know not a, a franchise friend of yours within the same brand um, nothing against that but you're you know if you're running the ad you hopefully you're gonna want those people to spend money with you so if you're if you sort of have a radius around your business that most of your customers um, you know, there's a drive time associated with them coming. If you're like, yeah, a five mile radius around our business is about as far as people come. It could be bigger, it could be smaller, depending on, you know, your business. So when you go into Facebook, you're only going to target people that live within that radius because you don't want to advertise to customers that might like your stuff, but there's a slim chance they're going to make the drive to come and pick up if that's what they have to do or order online. Um, to pick up or order online for delivery, you want you want that order to come from your business, and and also you know in case the way your franchise arrangement works, if you have a quote unquote um, another franchise unit bordering your franchise location, and that business is not owned by you, uh, then yeah you might want to um, not advertise for you know your peers. 
Now, even if it is, if you own, if you're a two store or three store franchisee, and, and all your locations are, are kind of the the service area kind of borders each other, um, you still want to advertise to your local business, especially in this situation when somebody came in and spent money at your business. You don't want to advertise for another one of your locations that is farther away because you're gonna you want to make it as convenient as possible for that customer to get to get back to where they spent their money. Now, you might be thinking, well, what if that person moved out of state? And I've uploaded this custom audience to Facebook and it says this person, uh, which you're not gonna know this, but because Facebook doesn't disclose um, who you're retargeting to, uh, you just know it's in this group. You don't know specifically who it is for privacy. So let's just say, you know, uh, 752, whatever the example was I gave earlier, of the 1,000 you uploaded are Facebook users, but 200 or so of those people no longer would have any reason to go by your location because let's just say they moved. Well, then what you want to, then what happens is when you're targeting a radius around your physical business, anybody that's moved even though they're in that, that, that custom audience, is never gonna see your ad. Facebook is not gonna run that ad to those people because they're because the way Facebook works, they're gonna geotag their phone based on you know their app, and they're gonna say, this person's not within this, this radius, and don't send them an ad. Don't allow you, the business owner, to spend money targeting, something, targeting someone that is uh, not within this, uh, this geographic area. And it really just allows you to fine tune your ad dollars and keep your budget, um, keep the ROI in your budget very high and your wasted ad dollars very, very low. Um, that's just, and this is just Facebook. The same thing can happen with Twitter. Uh, the same thing can happen with Snapchat and pretty much any social platform that allows geographic targeting um, will allow that. Now, all, each platform has sort of a different minimum budget as of right now in, what is it, June of 2019, uh, July of 2019, Facebook says you have to spend a minimum of $1 a day. Well, that $1 a day, depending on who all you're competing with, because it's a bidding process, you could, you know, I've seen ads where a dollar has gotten this in front of a thousand people in a 24 hour period of time. Uh, Twitter, the budget's a little bit different. Snapchat's a little bit different. Snapchat, and again, Facebook and Instagram are, are both a dollar. Um, Snapchat's a $20 minimum a, a day. The one thing with Snapchat though, you realize, at least as far as right now is concerned, uh, even though it is, is very popular, there's a lot of times that if you're targeting a tight geographic area, let's say it's a you know one mile radius or two mile radius, and depending where you are you know, in the world, uh, that $20, there's a lot of the time, I'd say the majority of the time, when I've run a one-day promotion and my budget was 20 bucks, almost never uh, is that $20 gonna get used just because there's not that many social, not that many Snapchat users in a very tight area, unless you're in like a metropolitan area where you have a ton of high rises and you have, you know, one mile radius, you got 50,000 people, you know, maybe like New York or something like that. Then there's a good chance, and, and the number of Snapchat users are in that area, then there's a good chance you're gonna use, use up your budget. It's kind of frustrating because you can't set a, uh, with Snapchat, at least for right now, you can't set, let's say, uh, you're gonna run a campaign for seven days. Um, 
you can either do a lifetime budget, which would be seven times 20, so you're looking at 140 bucks, or you do $20 a day as your budget over the course of seven days. Still the same thing as far as Snapchat's concerned, but if you don't spend $20 in a day, it resets the next day. Where you do a lifetime budget, you know, you might get more spent. It's not, it, in my experience, it's not evenly distributed over the course of the uh, seven days. And right now, Facebook seems to be a little bit better with that because it seems to be a little bit more of a, an even distribution. And when you're running lifetime ads with Facebook, you can, you can run them on a schedule. Um, you could also do that with Snapchat, but with Facebook, you can say, okay, I want, if I want to do a, uh, a, a buy day, let's say it's a dollar a day promotion, then I can't go in and say, but I don't want my ad to run from midnight till 6am. But if you did a, you know, so let's say it's a seven day promotion, you're running a dollar a day, your budget's seven bucks and you did it on, uh, uh, by day, charged by day, you can't, you cannot do that scheduled uh, scheduling every ad. So if you wanted to do that, you would say, okay, my lifetime budget is $7. It's going to run for seven days. And then you can go in there and say, yeah, but I don't want my ad to run from midnight till 6am when maybe you're just using that example. Maybe your target audience is not going to be awake at that time. So hopefully that helps kind of get you thinking, how am I collecting customer data at my physical retail business and if I'm not, I need to, and then you kind of internally figure out how you gotta go about doing that, but it's so critical that you collect that information. Uh, and if you wanna start, you know, slowly doing it and you're collecting, you know, business cards or whatever it is, uh, then you just got a lot of manual work, but if you can streamline the process to either collect their email or the phone number, some way digitally that you can quickly export it into a Excel document, then you can quickly upload it into Facebook and, and assign it to a particular ad. Um, that is definitely the way to go. And you will definitely see your current customer order frequency go up because you're going to be in front of them and you're on the top of their mind. If, if, if they buy from you and you have to wait for them to come up with the idea to come back to your business, that's just the slow way of building your brand. You want to stay in front of them so they're, so your business is on their mind and that will also protect you against a competitor opening in your area or retargeting or, or even going after one of your customers because if you're on their mind all the time, it's going to be hard for their mind to say, huh, maybe I should try this other business that's sort of a competitor because they're just thinking all the time, oh, this is where I get my, in the example I gave, this is where I get my athletic apparel or whatever it is. Hope that finds you well. Hope you're having a great week. Comment below if you got any uh, questions, suggestions, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Want more LSM secrets? Then stay tuned. Future episodes will include hacks, tricks, failures, successes, all the things I've learned in the decades that I've been doing local store marketing, I'm sharing with you. And if you have any suggestions or questions, Comment below and let us know, and I will definitely comment on those topics in upcoming episodes. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon.